inaugural episode of the Book Buddies. Uh, I'm Frank. And I'm Matt. And we're the, the Book Buddies. Book buddies. <laughs> <Ooh>. uh, <laughs> um, hey, Matt. Hey, Frank. How's it going? Uh, pretty good, actually. Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. I just had a couple slices of pizza and I'm a little gassy. Oh yeah? yeah. I've got some pizza upstairs actually. I might heat that up. I feel yeah. I feel bad for booing book buddies right off the bat. Do you want to take it again? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, it's uh okay. I, I, well, yeah. what do you think? I mean I mean maybe that's just like a lesson you take forward into our next episode, you know? Uh-huh. Maybe you could try like different ways of Bring reacting the, uh, to that, uh-huh. you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. At this point, let's yeah. grab it. Let's do it again. <laughs> okay. 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 Let's do it again. <laughs> Hi, everybody. And welcome to the inaugural episode of Book Buddies. Buddies. I'm Frank. And I'm Matt. And this is, is Book Book Buddies. <laughs> We'll work on that. We'll work on that. <laughs> we'll we'll get it down. We'll get it down. We'll in fix no it time. in post. Um, we came up with that title five minutes ago, so I think we're doing great. You know, yeah. we're 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 still getting used to it. Um, but we are the book buddies, mm-hmm. um, and every week and mm-hmm. every day, no. we will be coming at you. <laughs> Not every new. week or every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be every once in a while. Every once in a while, uh, we will be coming at you with uh, with with conversations about books that we read and stuff. Uh, here's a question for you, Matt. When did you become such a fucking nerd, bro? <laughs> um, I became such a fucking nerd at a very young age. I read mm. I read like crazy when I was a kid, but I actually um, it's only more recently, like in the last year or two that I've, that I've been reading books again. I had a big book drought for a while, but I've been trying to get Mm. back into it. So I, I don't know. I, we kind of have talked about this a few times getting together to just catch up, see what what we're reading. We talk a lot about stuff that we're reading or, you know, that kind of nerdy bullshit. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think it'll be fun to, to kind of exchange some stuff back and forth and see see where it gets us. I totally agree. And also I, you know, I've been thinking about book buddies, like since we came up with five it five minutes, minutes ago. ago. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, what, what if we have like a sub segment where it's like book bros? You know? oh, like, yeah. Is, that, is yeah. that like something that we can, I don't know. We'll find maybe. it. You know, maybe, maybe this isn't even an episode. Maybe this is just a planning segment that we're having. Right wow. now. Yeah. <laughs> When did you become um, such a fucking nerd, Frank? Oh, great question. I was pretty bad at reading in grade school until I got into like 10th grade. And this is very cliche, but we read Catcher in the Rye in oh, 10th wow. grade. And then I was like, oh, reading can be like cool sometimes and there's like good books and stuff Mm. and um and that was kind of a turning point for me i was an english major in college so um did a a good amount of reading for that and then 
uh, after college. So like I was kind of a late in life. Yeah. This like is second half of my life. Sort of. I, 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 I liked books when I was younger, but I was not very like, Oh, something we'll talk about today. I was not very like focused. I wasn't very like, mm. um, I don't know. I was like, you know, I liked goosebumps and animorphs and boxcar children and stuff sure. like that. But I wasn't like, I wasn't reading like Kant when I was in fifth grade, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. Whereas now I could tell you all sure. about Kant, you know? It's yeah. it's funny because listening to you lay that out, it's basically the opposite of me. Like as, oh, a, interesting. as a kid, I read constantly and then I don't know, like mid fucking nerd, middle school, high school, it, it sort of started to fade out. Like by the time I got to college, I never read books at least. Like I, I read sports and pop culture shit and stuff online, but I, I didn't really read books from like age, I don't know, 20 on, but it, oh, wow. it yeah. Like as a little kid, I, I like all my siblings and my cousins made fun of me because I was reading books all the time. My brother still gives me shit to this day because he played, he played uh, basketball in high school and I would go to his games. Oh, your brother's so cool. Oh yeah. He's so cool. Shout out. Mike. He's so not listening. Cool. Um, <laughs> I would go to his not games. Unless this episode is 15 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Then we could probably get him to listen to it. But yeah. Um, and I would, I would sit in the stands while this basketball game was going on and just read books. And like, it was like, I think even people on his team would be like, would know like, you know, that's Mike's brother, the fucking nerd up there reading books that's during so the funny. game. But anyways, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been fun in the pandemic. Uh, it took me a while. The first year of the pandemic, I was like, I should pick up a book, but it never <laughs> happened. Cause I was too depressed or I don't know, didn't sure. have the, the focus for it. But in the last year or so, um, it's been nice. It's nice to have something. I, we're going to get to this, I think, in a bit, but nice to have something kind of like quiet and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just, it makes you work your brain in a different way that I find really helpful. Yeah. Like, especially when you get into that, like, um, like deep reading zone where you've been going for like an hour. Cause like when you first start reading, it can kind of, at least my experience of reading is like, it'll kind of take like, it'll come in fits and starts. So you're like reading a sentence and you're going along. And then at some point you have to like go back and reread a sentence and then like yeah. go back and then, Oh, I got to check my phone. And then, but then like, once you, once you're in like, you know, you're in it, you can just start like turning through pages and stuff. It's like, bam, bam. You're like, you know, mm -hmm. Dr. Strange, like looking through all the timelines, you know? Yeah. But my question is though, yeah. why did you have to check your phone? Right. Yeah. Great. That's Great what question. we're here to talk about. That's right? what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about my phone um, and our phones and our relationship to our phones, because we both read books um, this week Um uh, that have to do with the attention economy and how we spend our time and uh, how our phones are slowly rotting our brains. Um, I read a book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. And Matthew, which book did you read for this week? I read a book called How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy, written by Jenny O'Dell. 
Very cool. Two very good names. Very cool of books. Authors. Jenny O'Dell has a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal Newport. Cal is a cool name. And then Newport sounds like futuristic. Does it? Yeah, it's like a space station, you know, hmm. Newport. I, I think of cigarettes. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot more <laughs> sense. <laughs> All right, uh, by Cal Cigarettes. Um, so I have some questions prepared for our discussion today, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my first question for you, can I, sir. Can I, can I interject real quick? No, please. Okay. It's okay. You can cut this. Um, (laughs) Why? I want to ask you why, and I, maybe I could just answer this myself. Why these two books? Why do we, um, why do we decide to, to pair these books together? So it's interesting that you mentioned the first year of the pandemic. um, And not re- like having reading on your to-do list, not really getting around to it, that sort of thing. Um, so I read this book, Digital Minimalism, about a year ago. And I read it, I was reminded today of why I read it in the first place, which was, because um, I did a little bit of writing ab- about this book. I read this book because I realized in 2020, I think there was this expectation when we were in the pandemic that like we had all this like, free time suddenly and how we were going to, how are we going to use this free time? Mm-hmm. Um, which of course now we realize, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, like a fool's errand to try to like, you know, be like, Oh, I'm going to take up knitting and I'm going to get really good at, you know, painting yeah. or whatever. Um, uh, although those, you know, those things did happen too. But anyway, I, at the end of that year, I was like going back and like thinking through that year and being like, oh, what were the really good books I read this year? You know, what did I read that I really liked? And I read, I don't remember the actual number, but I read like significantly less that, I mean, I think I only read one or two books that year, Hmm. Um, maybe zero, but I I think I, I think I read something, but um, in fact, I know I read something, but anyway, I um, like coming out of that, I, I kind of had this feeling of being like, where did all that time go? Yeah. Like, what was I doing? What, what was I filling that time with where, you know, I, we were supposed to have all this free time because suddenly we couldn't go out to bars and restaurants and, you know, see friends and family and stuff. <laughs> so I thought at least some of that would go towards reading books, but it didn't. Um, and somehow I stumbled into a recommendation. I still don't really remember how. I think I just heard about it through the grapevine um, uh, for digital minimalism. And it's like, it's really like a how-to guide. And this is getting a little bit into like what the book is itself, but it's sort of, I think it's an interesting conversation with, piece with your book because from what I understand, your book is not a how-to guide. It's a lot more of like the philosophy of all this, of Mm. all these ideas, or at least that's what I've heard. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas my book is like really like a how-to guide about like unplugging yourself, like Mm -hmm. decoupling from the like hyper-wired mindset of being in our phones, being on social media, um, like resisting these, these algorithms of ampli- amplification and uh, 
Yeah. And, and, and so uh, that book made a big impression on me. I wrote something about it. And then you uh, picked up your book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we were having a conversation on the phone. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe you were kind of like, I think these two books are kind of in conversation with one another. And I think that's how we, we got here yeah. and why we wanted to have this conversation today. Well, I've, I, I haven't read Digital Minimalism, but you know, I, I remember talking to you about it last year when you were reading it. And then obviously you, you, uh, you wrote kind of like a reaction to it that you put up on the Frank page. And I read that and I've been interested in the book ever since then. Um, but I, I haven't been able to read it, but, um, I took some of what you told me about that book kind of away. And I personally, for the past year have been thinking a lot about like, what I use my phone for and my relationship to technology and social media. So when I got this book, which I I don't remember where I first heard about it from, but I think it's been a pretty popular book the last few years. Like I think it was a, a New York times bestseller. I know Obama put it on his favorite books list, whatever year it came out. So it had kind of been on my radar, but when I started reading it, I was reminded a lot about, um, just the, the things you had talked about with digital minimalism and a lot of kind of my own stuff that I've been grappling with when it comes to the attention economy, like you said. How many apps do you think you have on your phone? Uh, that's a great question. And I, I actually was just wondering about this myself. Uh, I would guess I have at least a hundred. Wow. Really? Yeah. What about you? I think so. Uh, I guess I can get into it, right? We should just talk about the yeah, books at yeah, this point, yeah. right? Like so I, I have <laughs> questions and stuff, but, yeah. but we should just talk no, no, about no. You, so, I, I derailed us. Go ahead with the question. No, I just no, wanted to no, give no, some no, context for why, uh, why these no, two I books. Think, no, you're doing a great job. You're like the best book buddy I could ever ask for. I think oh, that thanks. was really helpful for our audience. I think the audience is like, definitely on your side now. Like I think you're probably the favorite book buddy at this point. It's going to go back and forth. It's a pendulum. So, you know, give a hashtag, you know, Matt is the best. If you think Matt is the best um, for all our listeners out there. So um, one of the, (laughs) I got really sidetracked there. Um, One of the, uh, so I think I probably have like, probably 50 on my phone right now, um, which is a lot, but uh, I definitely had more like a year ago. Um, but one of the things that the, really the central thing of this book, um, cause I, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to get into it now is uh, it's sort of built around this exercise that you do. The first part of the book is like kind of explaining the, the, all the ways in which the attention economy is, um, harming us, right? It's like really building out the case of like what, how social media, how our phones, how all these things have, um, we've built in so many distractions to our lives Mm -hmm. and how 
that is taking away like a clarity of thought, a, yeah. uh, a, a yeah, feeling you, of, of, of manicness, you know, <laughs> Hey I, buddy, I can relate to that. When you, <laughs> when you say the attention economy, because yet we're talking about your book, digital minimalism, sure, yeah. but yeah. attention economy is, is literally in the, the subtitle of my book. Can you, um, if anyone hasn't like heard that phrase before, yeah. what, what is that? That's a great point. So I guess I would define it as the attention economy. So a lot of, I think it generally refers to like big tech companies. So the business model for most of these big companies I think is Facebook based is off a of, very, very good example for sure. and one that everyone it's, knows about. Yeah. It's based all off of like engagement, right? So the more attention you're paying to it like you are not the user of facebook like you are the the product for facebook right so really simple example is when you go on facebook you see there are like two things happening right you see like uh an advertisement from nike to buy their sick new shoes right so like that's one way they make money is by selling ads right but it's also collecting data on you so if i like matt's post about um, about his cat, then it thinks, you know, I probably like cats or I like Matt. Um, it's also collecting data. So it's building a profile of me, which then they, they take that data and, and sell it. So that's the economy aspect of it, right? The attention part is that you have to, the more attention you pay to the apps, the more you engage with them, the more you are um, building out this profile of yourself, which, help, which helps serve you all these um, hyper-targeted ads, which sometimes feel like, you know, these apps are like reading your mind, you know, like you can be like, how did they know? They're not reading our minds, Frank. They're just reading our behavior. Sure. And our text messages and our, our DMs and our um, phone calls and our mm-hmm. um, conversations with our loved ones. Sure. And, yeah. Your mind is still yours, at least for now. That's true. That's true. Um, Yeah. So the main activity of this book is centered around this activity called the digital declutter, Mm. which so he builds out the case. These are all the ways in which this is harming us and you and, you know, the world. And so here's how you get out of it. You do... 30 days or like a month or however you want to measure it, four weeks, um, but a, a sustained period of time where you just strip your phone down to like the bare essentials. So removing every app basically other than like your phone, your texts, and he even is like, you know, you could delete your browser on your phone. I didn't get that extreme because I do need it for work, but like, so like calendar I left on there, my, my maps app, Apps, like yeah. I, 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 I kept stuff that like felt like it was going to harm my like work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I, if I didn't have that stuff. Um, and then, and, and to just do cold turkey, not engaging with those websites, with those anything hmm. for four weeks. And then when you come out of that, you can kind of evaluate and make a decision for yourself of what you actually missed that was beneficial to you or productive to you, sort of refocusing yourself around like what is valuable, um, what you want to get out of your relationship with your phone and what is like detrimental in your relationship with your phone. So, um, 
what did you, yeah. what did you realize? Cause you, so you did this, right. You did the 30 days when yeah, you, I did. I, yeah. When you came out of it, what, what did you realize? Uh, what did you realize? The thing that I was most, um, struck by was, um, how often I would be like walking down a hallway or something or like going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I would just like totally absentmindedly, like not even thinking about it at all, reach into my pocket and look at my phone. And when there's nothing on your phone to look at, like no news apps, no whatever, no reason for me to justify looking at it. I was like, why am I pulling this out right now? You know, Um, that was the, the, the experience that like stuck with me the most. Hmm. Um, yeah. What is, I want to hear a little bit more about your book. I, mm-hmm. I want to, you know, we can keep talking about mine too, but I want to make sure that we're also like giving some runway and, and content. Like, yeah, well, how's the book set up? What's the, what's the thrust of it? What am I, yeah. if I'm picking up this book, what am I, what am I getting with it? So um, again, the book's called how to do nothing. And then the subtitle is resisting the attention economy. The the title I think is is pretty misleading. It's pretty um, clickbaity for for lack of a better word. Oh, I think interesting because um, the book isn't about a little clickbait and switch, mm, if you will. The old uh-huh. clickbait and switch. I like I. It's not like this, but I feel like the words "do nothing" should be in in quotes because the resisting the attention economy, that's really what the book is about. And like, I see. you know, the verb is resisting. Resisting is, is active, right? That's not really like a passive thing. So basically what it's about when she says doing nothing, that is basically what you're talking about. It's unplugging from technology and from social media and from this attention economy that, that you've been talking about. Um, and, uh, she, she goes in lots of different directions. The book, uh, talks a lot about reconnecting with the physical world around us. Um, which I think as, um, you know, Facebook just changed its name to meta a few months back and virtual reality is becoming, uh, like way more common. And those game sets are only a few hundred bucks now. Uh, so that, that was one thing that really struck me. Um, but not even just in the sense of, of the stuff that's around us, but that the, the people that are in our communities and, um, the environment around us, like in terms of, what's going on in nature. Bioregionalism is something that comes up a lot, just kind of reconnecting with the people and the stuff physically, literally around you. Um, yeah. How did that, how did that like, um, so like, you know, like as we're reading these books and stuff, you start to like, be really mindful of those things in your life, you know, or like you look at things a little, di- little differently or whatever. How did in thing in terms of like reacquainting yourself with the physical world and, and, uh, uh, and that, that idea, that theme, like how did that manifest in your life? Um, well, so like, let me, let me back up a little bit. Um, speaking a little more broadly, um, a little book buddies little- back up. 
We're backing it up. Yeah, can you do a little record scratch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. You're probably wondering how we got here. So she, you know, you've talked, uh, we've talked a lot about phones, how much time we spend with our phones, all of this. Um, one line from the book that really stuck out to me, and I think it's a, a pretty good mission statement, is it actually comes toward the end, but she says, um, I look at my phone a lot less now these days, and it's not because I went to some weekend retreat or did some, you know, quick fix um, declutter type thing. It's simply because I'm looking at other things. I'm paying attention mm -hmm. to something else. And mm -hmm. that the, the key that she's really trying to get to is we need to, our attention is, is kind of one of the only things we really have. That's truly ours, right? We have autonomy over that. <laughs> Even when there's things pushing and pulling us in a million different directions, it is still ultimately ours. Right. And everyone has that and we decide where it goes. Um, and, and one of the, the places she, recommends redirecting it is is to the world around you to nature to what's really happening in front of you that's kind of like the connection there um so yeah i i've definitely noticed myself being more aware of what i'm doing and and what i'm looking at in a given moment um she talks about getting into bird watching um, kind mm -hmm. of in the, in the same time that she's writing the book and becoming interested in all these things. And she talks about how it just really takes sustained attention to anything to really mm -hmm. not understand it, but to, to familiarize yourself with it and come to understand the context around a given thing or a given issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it The book really made me um, it it like accented a lot of things that were already kind of on my radar, like uh, something she talks about is social media. Part of of why it's so uh, I don't even know if I want to say harmful. It, I, I personally believe it's harmful, but it, you just can't really dispute that. But it's, it's also effective too, right? Uh, like it's, yeah. it's, it, it is uh, addictive for a reason, right? Like they, yeah. they really know what they're doing there. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, we, I, I wonder if, if maybe your book mentioned this too, but like dark patterns and the way that design on the web kind of influences users to stay engaged or to make choices that, result in further engagement. Anyone who's ever deactivated Facebook probably knows about this. You have to click through like a million things and, yeah. you know, it's, uh, yeah, but, um, sorry, what did you say? I was looking at Facebook. Yeah, no, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, she, she, she talks about how, so what's, um, what's your least favorite thing about social media, Frank? Um, and if you, if you can't pick just one, you can throw out a few. I mean, it, it is, um, it's, it's a big thing. So it covers a lot of things, but I, the, the whole like algorithm of amplification, like the, the outrage, mm. um, amplification that it does, the fact that, um, engagement is measured, 
I actually have like an article from the Wall Street Journal pulled up about how um, engagement uh, is pointed differently. So if you like a post, that's like one point mm. for it to appear on other people's timelines. But if you put like a sad reaction, that's five points mm. or a heart reaction, that's three points. And like comments also get points and stuff and shares get points. So it's like all weighted to... Um, like sad and angry are most heavily given weighted. more. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more comments you get, the more uh, reach you get, the more likely it is to appear on people's feeds. So often that means the worst things in the world or the most negative things or the, um, it, it like really centers the self and it really centers opinions that are very like toxic and that can manifest like in everything from like um, politics to like, for like radicalizing people, like people falling down rabbit holes where they just like get progressively like in, introduced to like more and more radical thinking um, to just getting, I don't know, inundated with like, I hate this restaurant. This restaurant sucks, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, What is your least favorite thing about social media, Matt? Uh, I I would be happy to answer that. But before I get into my long-winded answer, what's your favorite thing about social media? The thing I miss the most, because I still don't really go on social media. The thing I miss the most is like announcements from friends. So we have an Mm -hmm. announcement who came out uh, of a friend who came out uh, as uh, non-binary and I did not know. And I was using mm. the wrong pronouns for this person because I did not know uh, that they were using different pronouns and I felt really bad. And then I felt really regretful that I wasn't like a good friend and I wasn't paying attention to their Facebook and I missed this announcement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your turn. Um. My least favorite thing about social media. Um, your answer was pretty good. I, I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I think most people are probably familiar with that kind of like general dread and like anxiety around. Um, I mean, at least that was my experience using Facebook. I, I don't use it that much anymore, but uh, Facebook and Twitter in particular have a, a lot of, just pessimism and negativity and you're right it's it's algorithmically rewarded um i think my personal though least favorite thing about social media is how i feel like it's just really like poisoning the way we communicate with each other that's kind of Mm -hmm. general because what you're talking about is part of it but i um, I mean, we, we both have backgrounds in theater and I also work in communication separately from that. So like communication is something that is, um, I don't know that I, I think about a lot. Um, and it's, it's really, it's really fucking us up. <laughs> like It's yeah. I, you know, one of the, one of the many things she kind of gets at with social media is, you know, if, if you think back to 20 years ago, like if you wanted to talk to someone 
you picked up a phone and called them, or even, even after text messaging, you texted someone, or maybe you made plans, or you got together with a group of people. And on social media, everyone has dozens, hundreds, some people, you know, have thousands and thousands of followers. And when you send something out, like who is your audience? Like, who is it intended for? You're just kind of like blasting stuff out to everyone. Um, and that the people who tend to find the most success on social media and who get the most engagement are people who don't really have an audience that they personally know. And that it kind of has this way of filtering content so that the most seen stuff is kind of like lowest common denominator. It's like what will have mass mm. appeal, what will get mm. mass engagement. And it's the cyclical thing where we're just sort of feeding ourselves stuff that's angrier and sadder and shallower. And uh, it's, it's like, we're, we're eating ourselves like in this way, you know, it's, she at some point she lists um she just like writes out she's like i'm gonna go to twitter right now and just write down what's on my timeline and and it's you know like a dozen maybe 15 tweets and it's just insane because it's let me see if i can find it actually yeah pull it um, up pull it up yeah so this is summer of 2018 um Pressed up against each other in neat rectangles, I see the following. An article on Al Jazeera by a woman whose cousin was killed at school by ISIS. Jesus. An article about Muslims fleeing Myanmar last year. An announcement that a joke I count I follow is selling new t-shirts. Someone arguing for congestion pricing in Santa Monica, California. Someone wishing happy birthday to former NASA worker Catherine Johnson. A video of NBC announcing the death of Senator John McCain and shortly afterward cutting to people dressed as dolphins appearing to masturbate on stage. (laughs) Photos of Yogi Bear mascot statues dumped in a forest. A job alert for director of the Landscape Architecture Program at Morgan State. An article on protests as the Pope visits Dublin. A photo of yet another fire erupting, this one in the Santa Ana Mountains. Someone's data visualizations of his daughter's sleeping habits during her first year. We're almost done. (laughs) A plug for someone's upcoming book about the anarchist scene in Chicago and an Apple ad for Music Lab starring Florence Welch. So that's great. And the dolphins uh, masturbating thing. What? Yeah. <laughs> What's that news clip? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when John McCain passed away. I don't I don't remember dolphins masturbating in the Senate. I, I don't either. Um, I miss that. But yeah, and she the way she sums it up is many things in there seem important, but the sum total is nonsense. And it doesn't produce any understanding, but just dull and stupefying dread. And yeah, like reading uh that was ridiculous what I just read. And the fact that mm-hmm. someone could look through that in 60 seconds or 30 seconds yeah. or yeah. 10 seconds, like uh, there's no way to understand anything that's happening there. It's just going to promote this feeling of whatever, but it's, it's engaging you emotionally. It's not engaging you intellectually. And uh, yeah, it's 
It's rough. So that's what I don't like about social media. What I do like, <laughs> um, the cat photos. Yeah, those are good. Those are Most, good. Uh, I don't know. I, um, I, I stopped using Facebook about, it, it, I've kind of been on and off for years, but I pretty much like 99% have stopped for the last year and a half. Um, it's and pretty good, right? It's like, yeah, it's horrible. It feels good. Like, and I, we might have some people listening who are like, oh man, I'm like, we're like, I'm going to miss out on all the stuff. And I get, I get it. I have missed out on the stuff. I don't it think sucks, yeah. but it feels great. It's horrible. It feels so good Facebook to not so, check it anymore. It's, and like when I, <laughs> if you don't go on it for a while and you log on to yeah. Facebook, yes, the, it's crazy. The homepage. Uh, is it still the newsfeed? I don't know. It just yes, looks and it's insane. So busy. It's there's so many things that they're trying to do, which that's such a good point. Like, yeah, you realize once you step away from it for a while, you're like, what the f- marketplace messenger? Like there's like red notifications. Jesus Christ. That's, yeah. uh, this is kind of a, a sidebar, but an interesting idea that she talks about is the possibility of a non-commercial social media. Um, that there's like a, uh, like think of if social media sites were like a public library, if it was just kind of like open mm-hmm. and there was no one there to sell you anything. And it's a place where people could meet and communicate, but That's there was, cool. you know, nothing. Yeah, why haven't they done that? Yeah. Right. And she, I guess, cause there isn't any money to be like, exactly. How do you build a business around that? I mean, I guess you, you would have to do it as like a nonprofit or as a yeah. government project and then if you do a government project mm. people think that's government trying to control yeah i don't think uh yeah. i don't yeah. think that's it's, politically it's tenable at the moment to create yeah. uh public social media but she says that she like t- tried like a beta version of it or something and that it was very weird and like eerie and uh, I think the description she uses is it It felt weird to be on social media and for it not to feel like the floor of Wall Street with like constant activity. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, I, I got way sidetracked. What I like the most about social media, the reason I brought up Facebook is that my main social media engagement now is through Instagram. And yes, mm. I know Instagram is owned by Facebook or Meta. Please don't tell me that. I know I'm trying to break my addiction, but... I I like Instagram because it's very, it's just visual. I don't know. It's, it's very simple in a way. And I find that it's easier to filter out noise. Um, Whereas with, with Facebook or Twitter, and I've never really used Twitter much at any point, it's never really become habitual for me, but just, being somewhere text-based, it's just too intense. It's just way too intense. So I, I don't know. I follow some, which is surprising for such a nerd like you that you wouldn't like to like read read like that all the time. Read it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, my favorite thing, I know I said cat photos and that was kind of a joke. I do. I love animal photos. My favorite thing though, that I follow is probably, um, I follow like, um, department of interior, like us parks. Those are great. Yeah. And Yeah. yeah, just any like nature scene kind of stuff because, and again, that's kind of what this is all getting to. We need to, we need to unplug from some of this shit and get back into the real world. Mm-hmm. Cause like, yes. 
it's just all connected, right? Like we're, we're not here to talk about politics. It hasn't come up, but stuff is really fucked up right now in our country, even apart, but it's just like our former president is trying to get into the social media again, you know, like that's really, yeah, I mean, he really, he really put social media on the map, didn't he? (laughs) He, I mean, he, he did a lot for social media. Um, He, he was really good at Twitter. But no, I give him credit there. I, I regret even bringing it up because it's 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 a lot bigger than just politics. Like people uh, mental health crisis in the country going on sure. right now. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. people are angry. People are feeling unfulfilled. Income income inequality is worse than it's ever fucking been like. I, I think in general, people are are pretty dissatisfied with with the way things are and the way things feel right now. Um, and then I think the pandemic just kind of exacerbated all of this. Like uh, people already are having are communicating with each other through this kind of wall of social media where you can't really engage with someone the way you normally can. And then you had the pandemic on top of that, where we're seeing people on calls like we're doing right now. And it's, it's just really, um, and we lose the attention span too, right? Like we lose, like going back to that passage from the book, right? Like that story from Al Jazeera, Hmm. the fire in California. It's like, there's important stuff in in there. Absolutely. Like there's, and there's funny stuff too, for sure. But like there's um, one, everything is kind of given equal importance, right? Mm -hmm. Like the dolphins masturbating post was next to John McCain's funeral was next to Mm -hmm. the fire in California, you know? Um, And also it's like, like you said, it's crazy. It's so confusing that there's no, logic to how it's being presented to you and um and it affects our uh, i i worry sometimes that it, about how it affects our attention spans in real life not just like individually because i know it's affected mine but like collectively you know mm-hmm. like I, it feels sometimes like we're not able to focus on issues for the amount of time that we should be focusing on on the issues um nationally yeah um Things move really fast. They move really, really fast from week to week. They do. They do. But it, it I, I feel like this is kind of one of those situations where we're, it's, it's feeding itself, right? Like, like using Trump as an example, like um, that was kind of part of the, the way he's been characterized. I think by the media is like, he kind of cracked the code, right? Like he, he's scandal proof because there's a new scandal every news cycle. Right. And people can't stay focused on one thing. And I don't know that it's so much, I mean, obviously it it is unique to him. We haven't had a president quite like him before, but um, it's, it's something that's already inherently broken in us that he's kind of bringing to the surface that that should be the title of his fucking biography. But um, you know, cause it's, it's not like that's the only thing that he's really done that for, but 
Yeah. I'm so excited for that book. I, I know. Can't. I'm working on it, buddy. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Any day now. Any day now. Have you ever heard about, um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's related. Have you ever heard about Rocco's Basilisk? Have I told you about this? No. So it's this thought experiment um, that is basically like, what if there's like a um, a future in which there is a very um, successful hyper-intelligent AI that it's so intelligent and so advanced that it is working its way back through time to reward those who enable that future to occur and punishes those who uh, don't allow or, or who, who do not like who are dissidents from it, who are, who are not like enabling. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a way to uh, frame the way you think about how uh, uh, the world, it's like a um, philosophy um, thought experiment, um, which, uh, you know, I don't think, that, I don't think that's what's happening, but Hey, it would kind of make sense that um, about why certain things are being rewarded, you know? What do you mean? It would kind of explain things. What's what's being rewarded? I don't know. Like uh, why? Um, I don't. I mean, it's sort of. A, it also, it's sort of a funny time to talk about Facebook. Um, but you mm. know why Facebook has been so successful or whatever. But we're recording this at kind of an auspicious time because for the first time ever, Facebook recorded a drop in users. Mm, last year, right? 2021? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just announced in their earnings uh, last week, um, which, you know, makes you think that, you know, maybe people are starting to think about life after Facebook or, or you know, maybe people are thinking more critically. I do think that the the general vibe in the country has become a lot less like big tech is here to save us. And now it's like, oh, yeah, big tech is eating it's the earth. The only like bipartisan thing left basically at this yeah. point is yeah, people hate big right. tech, you know, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Facebook losing users is, is significant for sure. And then just this week, I think it was, or I guess it was last week now, but Facebook, um, dropped what their market share dropped like 25%. They've, they've yeah. lost a, ton of value in just kind of the first month of the year, um, which they're, they're not the only tech company that's true for, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hope that we can kind of something that, that stood out to this, to, that stood out to me, excuse me, with this book is the, uh, it talks about the way certain of the people behind big tech approach their own tech usage and their own mm. media engagement. Tell um, me more. Which I, I would be very curious to know um, how much Mark Zuckerberg uses Facebook. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that gives you a, a good idea of like just what these people understand about what they're putting into the world. And like for a company like Facebook, your whole business model is designed around tracking people and exploiting people and targeting ads and advertising. And something like um, 
Apple, Apple, for example, they changed their privacy settings uh, maybe last year sometime. And Facebook took this huge hit because people had to consent to themselves sharing their location. (laughs) Yeah. To being tracked by apps and by their phone in certain situations. And I read this article with, with somebody higher up in Facebook and I don't have the quote in front of me, but it was a very, it was a quote like, Oh, this is terrible for our business. And it's just (laughs) like, what is your business based on at a certain point? Like what service are you providing? What anyways, um, I found this thing about, about, uh, various tech and social media people and how they, how they manage their own use. Uh, it says Bill Gates and Steve jobs, both severely limited their children's use of tech at home. Um, Justin Rosenstein, the Facebook engineer who created the like button. Remember that? Remember when the like button was created? Yeah. 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 Uh, The engineer created the like button, had a parental control feature set up on his phone by an assistant. Again, that's a parental control feature set up on his own phone because he did not trust himself to handle his own phone because he knew how fucking addictive it was. (laughs) And then Lauren Brichter, the engineer who invented the pull to refresh feature of, of Twitter feeds, which Instagram also has. It's a good one, right? Uh, Regards his invention with penitence. And then this is a quote, pull to pull to refresh is addictive. Twitter is addictive. These are not good things. When I was working on them, it was not something I was mature enough to think about. So. Yeah. So the the people who are building these things know that these things are bad, you know, like, uh, and that's, there's, there's parts of, uh, old Cal cigarettes, uh, his book, uh, he goes into kind of the same thing where it's, it's not, um, uh, there are a lot of regrets, you know, that people have for, for working on, um, this stuff. Um, any other passages from the book sort of jump out to you about, um, that you think are like worthy of sharing with Um, our audience? What's up book brigade? How you doing book brigade? That's our, that's our fans. I just came up with that name. Book Book, book Book brigade. Brigade. Yeah. Yeah. Washington football team won't take it. We'll take it. Yeah. We Um, got it. What if it was the Washington book brigade? The, hmm? would you be a fan again? Uh, no, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. I think I would. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, what um do you feel like you have kept with you when it comes to like being a year later having gone through the declutter like do you feel like you like maintained any of the stuff you took away from that experience I do I think that it was a valuable experience to well, but it's interesting too. There is a bit of a backslide that happens um, or has happened with me where like I've downloaded games and stuff that I had deleted. Like I pretty much just had my phone as like taking pictures and texting and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have allowed myself to like download a couple games and then I like occasionally let myself download Reddit or Twitter and then I'll like get onto it for a few days and I'll be like, this is 
not what I want. I can't do this anymore. Or I just use it all the time. That's the other thing. I'll yeah. just check it before I go to bed. Just do like, you, do you track your screen time? Do you keep up I with do. that at all? Yeah. Ooh, let's pull up our screen times. All right. Let's do let's it. Let's do it right now. Oh boy. Are you scared? I'm not. Cause I, I've been paying attention to it a decent amount lately. What do you want to see? Do what you, do you wanna... think? What do you think was your worst? When was it your worst? My screen time? Like, yeah. How much, how many hours do you think you were averaging? So I should say when we're talking about screen time, this is specifically with our phones, right? Yeah. I mean, the worst week of screen time I ever had was uh, leading up to my manic episode in 2020 because I was on my phone nonstop. I remember, I actually remember checking it toward the end of that and feeling physically nauseous at how much <laughs> time I'd spent on my phone that week. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but it was too much. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like on a bad week, though, I'm in like the three to four hours range that's where that's where i am on like an average week yeah see so that's you're doing better than me it's because i've i've really tried to crack down on it i mean i'm impressed so where where are you now okay so this week so far three hours and 26 minutes last week was rough i had a bad week six hours and 30 minutes Whoa! Week before that, four hours and twenty-two minutes. Week before that, four hours and twenty-four minutes. So, I don't know what happened last week. On Thursday, I spent a lot of time doing something. I have no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Which just goes to show you that you know, like, uh, how much time we can end up putting into these things. How much of our limited bandwidth these things can occupy. You know. Yeah. What about you? What's your screen time? It's way less. Uh, Hit me. Hit me. Last week, two hours and four minutes. Oh, fuck you. Week before, two. Fucking show off. 240 (laughs) and 241 before that. This week, today, I've used my phone for one hour and one minute. Wow. Good for you, Matthew. Um, but I think that's, that's important though. Cause what the, the reason I asked what you feel like you have kind of kept with you is it's like, what, what's the takeaway from all this? Because we, we've talked a lot about what's so terrible about social media, Facebook yeah. and all these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I personally, I know that I've kind of rambled off on some tangents, but this is part of it is it's. I don't think you've rambled, man. I think you've done oh, a very good job being a, very eloquent. A and fair, just just my share, just my share. And I think I think we're all smarter for having listened to you. Ram- rambling, really. rambling isn't the right word. I um I've been indulging in my dislike for for various social media and tech companies, but sure, 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 sure. That only gets you so far, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You. It, whatever what do we do about it i'm, I'm sure everybody someone, can hate yeah social media but someone what do we listening do about to this it? has yeah. been like who, yeah of course fuck facebook we're all addicted to it who cares i've said that myself but like uh, um I, so here are things that i've done that yeah that's, have, that's that, I ha- that has stuck with me mm-hmm. that, that's actionable i 
one of the things he emphasizes in the book is like do like projects like do it like build something mm-hmm. or like do something like every week every week you should be like doing something taking on some sort of project whether that's like learning how to change the oil in your car or um fixing like drywall in your house or um finally getting around to hanging those pictures that you've set aside for a while (laughs) um uh, and I think that that is like a super rewarding and super actionable thing. And it, it, it's like the best of all worlds because like, it's how you're supposed to use technology, right? You can use mm-hmm. technology to like teach you, like, I'm trying to think of what the most recent example, I don't know, an example from a year ago, I built like a workbench, like a, uh, like a, yeah. a place to do projects and stuff in, in my garage last year. And that was like a thing I like read about and figured out how to do. And then I did it by myself. And like, now I have this, like, you know, this thing where I can go and do other stuff. And you did that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I do think that that's a way of like focusing the attention and like centering yourself around something that's productive and doesn't feel, um, like empty calories, you know? <laughs> yeah. But also I, I mean, I would push back on that because it's, we don't need to take our attention away from our phone to give it to something else that's productive. Sure. Yeah. Take your attention that's, away from your phone to do anything else. Like that's a good point. Um, cause, cause that's another thing and something we haven't maybe talked about too much, but, um, when we talk about the attention economy, that's, that's, you know, we, we live in the United States of America. We live in a capitalist society and, productivity is something that's really ingrained in us and in our society. And I, I'm sure I'm not alone when I say that, you know, if I take a day to quote unquote, do nothing, um, I feel guilty. I feel like I need to be productive. I need to do something. Um, one of, one of the other things she talks about is that we are not really a culture that values maintenance, Um, Mm, we value mm. innovation and new things and making something and creation, which are all very valuable things, but that we, as a culture do not really value maintaining, which Mm. is a part of life. Like I, Mm -hmm. uh, I get frustrated sometimes with doing laundry, um, where (laughs) I'll like do a load of laundry and then I forget about it for a day. And then it takes me another half a day to fold it. And then I take it upstairs, I put it away. And then like the next day I'm like, fuck me. I have to do laundry again because I drew it out so long. And uh, you know, I, I'm not like totally enlightened. I'm sure I will have days where I hate laundry in the future, but I kind of came to a realization (laughs) of like, you're going to be doing laundry for the rest of your fucking life. Like, you know, (laughs) you can be mad about it or you can just kind of accept that this isn't an obstacle. This isn't something you need to rush past and, and, you know, like dread doing every few days. It's just a part of existing. Like until I can convince Kira to do it, it's, just part of my life. <laughs> so, um, or you could teach the cats or I could teach the cats or I could teach yeah. the cats. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I, um, 
I don't know. I, I hope if there, if there's a takeaway, yeah, like use social media less, use your phone less, but um, don't be afraid to just like do nothing, do nothing, stare at a wall, do nothing, stare at a wall, but like really look at the wall. What's going on in that? Yeah. Wall? Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Phone stuff. This isn't in response to this book. This is just stuff I've played with since maybe like last year, but a few things I do with my phone that, that I have found really uh, helpful, actually. The first thing, the biggest thing, and this might sound really drastic, but it's really simple. I keep my phone on do not disturb all the time. Me too. Um, unless, unless there's like something specific I'm expecting. Uh, I and do I it. add, I add people to my favorites that yes. like, I need to like, if uh, my mom is in my favorites, because if she needs yeah. to call me, if something's wrong, then I need to answer right. that. So, yeah. yeah. So you, if you haven't done this before, you can set it up so that any of your favorites will come through. If they call, um, you can set it up so that notifications still appear on your home screen. So with a glance at my phone, I can know if anything happened, I've done this for a year. I've never missed anything important because of this. And it sounded crazy to me. I think you might've actually been the one to tell me about this. It's in, it's it's in, in the book. Uh, digital, minimal, digital minimalism. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm so happy. I'm so happy I did it. Cause I, I, you know, I send a lot of text messages sure. um, and with my phone, just like vibrating every one or two minutes. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's uh, it's made a big difference. And then one thing I started doing just recently is this was actually a new year's resolution. I committed to when I wake up in the morning, I, I force myself to do some sort of activity before I use my phone for anything. So usually That's a great one, usually it's like reading a, like a book if I have time to read, but if I don't like, it can just be like, go downstairs, make a cup of coffee and play the day's wordle. Like, it, yeah. it's not a time, like I don't have to wait an hour or some amount of time. It's just do something, do anything, put something in my I, hands that is not my phone. I really like that. Um, and actually really like that. to that end, just my, my phone is obviously still my alarm. So I do like pick up my phone to turn off my alarm. But just today, actually, I bought a, an alarm clock. I bought like an analog alarm clock so that I nice. can... Uh, what I want to do is when I charge my phone at night, I would like it to just be on my dresser and not even within reach because I, yeah, that's great. You know, I think we all probably know because if having your phone as everything means that you have to center that thing in your life yes. so much more. Whereas I, no. if you have the analog alarm clock, you don't have to engage with your phone first thing every day. It's the same it's reason. One less function we're taking away from the phone. I, I want to also get uh, a friend of ours uh, likes to do this when they go on vacation. And the next time I do it, I'm going to follow their example is, is get like a, a digital camera or, or like a disposable camera oh, fun. because I found my, my wife and I took a, a trip up to Maine over the summer my and wife. we, my wife, we were um, like kind of off the grid and not really using our phones for a couple of days, but I had to pull my phone out to take pictures. And even though it, even though my phone was like not operating, I didn't have any service, just touching it. Like, and again, coming back to the real world, like that tactile sense matters. Like mm -hmm. I want to 
kind of find ways to separate myself from that device. And if I have something else that I can pick up and take a picture of, and that doesn't shine blue light in my face immediately and have notifications pop up that there's an update for this, or my apps are angry at me. Like, you know, it, it can be nice. It can be nice to have a reason to use anything else. It's the same reason I've never, I've never really wanted to have a Kindle. Like, I, I know yeah. they're super practical and some people love them, but I, I think my favorite thing about reading books in the past year has just been like, here's something I can do that I have to not use a screen to do. Yeah. And it feels nice to have it, it in your hands, the, the, the movement of the, like the feeling of the page, the, the word right in front of you. I'm with you. Yeah. We're fucking nerds. Okay. Uh, I think it's time we get to our final segment, which is final thoughts. So questions for you are, would you recommend this? Okay. Give a little final wrap up of thoughts on the book. Uh, would you recommend it? And then I think we should like rate them. So I was trying to think of something to rate it on. Like, how many Pulitzer prizes you would give it out of five mm. or like how many Hemingways or like, I don't know what our scale is. How many, what do you um, think our scale should be? How many, um, how many, uh, what's that fucking character's name? Is it Holden Caulfield? How many Holden Caulfields? <laughs> yeah. How yeah. many, um, how many Caulfields? How many Caul- the Caulfields? Uh, I don't, I don't really know that, but I know, I know that's like a super, popular cult book, but I, I read it in high school, but I don't really remember it. So if there's anything from the book that would be appropriate. There's a lot of phonies, a lot, a lot of phonies. phonies in that book. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's, uh, we just give them thumbs up. Yeah. Two thumbs up, one thumbs up. Uh, Thumbs up. How about do you want to give it a a reaction like a like a love? <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's that's it. All right, you go first, or I can go first if you want me to. Yeah, go for it. Uh, okay, so digital minimalism, digital minimalism is by our boy Cal Cigarettes, oh. aka Cal Newport. Um, he. Uh, This book is very much like a a how-to guide of like decoupling yourself um, and thinking differently about your relationship uh, to your phone, to social media. Um, It's a good book. It's a, um, it it, it definitely is not, um, um, it's written in sort of a, it's not a weird way, but it's like, it's, it's kind of dry. It's almost like, it's just like, and then this, and then this, and then this. It's not like getting into like a big like thought explosion galaxy brain sort of feeling. You don't really get that from it. It's more just like practical application to your life, um, which is nice. Uh, I would give this book. Um, I would give. I would. I would. I like this book. I don't love it. I like it. I like it. I like this book. Um, it's a good book. It's not the best book, sure, but it it has been valuable for me. And I think that that it really introduces you to a lot of concepts on how you can approach technology uh, in a better, healthier way. So I give it a like. Okay. What about you, Matthew? 
I like that. Um, and yes, I would recommend this book. If if what I talked about at all in the past hour sounds interesting to you, then you'll get something out of the book. It'll be good. You'll you'll like it. If it, if this whole conversation has been really boring and and uh, terrible for you, then you will not like this book. I do not recommend it to you. If this conversation has been boring and terrible, you have wasted an hour of your life, and we well, apologize. But you've gained you've gained two new book buddies that's true <laughs> hashtag um, book brigade i give i give i i love my book um wow it wasn't perfect there are things about it I, I wasn't crazy about um the the writing was a little um i don't know there, there were parts that were a little hard to read it was a little uh like academia i don't even know what the word is i'm mm. thinking but she like very mm-hmm. casually references shit that i've never heard of or read you know that like feeling when you're talking to someone who's smarter than you and they're like oh and this and this so there's some of that yeah. but uh, as far as like what it's really coming down to i think the message of the book is really important and one that i think is is worth amplifying um because again like I feel like everyone's been saying for years, like, oh, this is bad for you. It's bad for you. But yep. um, there's this, it just sort of leaves behind this feeling of like helplessness of like, okay, well, what do I yep. do about it? So the book, uh, the book was empowering in a way. Mm. Um, and I think that's really important. Um, yeah. And, and it was a, just a good reminder that we are autonomous, you know, that people have choices that we can decide what to do, where to spend our money, where to give our attention, how to spend our time, even though there are all these things pulling us in a million different directions. So yeah, I, I would recommend the book again, it's called how to do nothing resisting the attention economy by Jenny O'Dell. And I wanted to, to kind of uh, share one more, uh, I guess, metaphor that she uh, brings up in the book, which is we, we talked earlier about how social media kind of curates your experience, right? There's everyone knows mm-hmm. the feeling of I go on social media and there's an ad for something I mentioned or looked up or maybe even just thought about and it's there, right? Um, so she mentions Spotify. You use Spotify. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but only because I love Joe Rogan so much sure. and support him. Yeah. 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 Um, mm. um, Spotify. But yeah. No, I do use it. Yeah. Spotify gives yeah. you a discover weekly playlist, right? Yeah. Where it yeah kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. sifts through all the stuff you listen to and is like, Hey, here's some new shit you might like. And it's really cool. You, I mm-hmm. personally, I often will find like, oh, I like that song or I like this artist. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really nice. Right. And that I think mm-hmm. is a, a helpful way to kind of boil down. Like what is social, like what's my news feed actually? It's like, okay, Facebook has looked at what I've engaged with and what I enjoy, quote unquote, what I spend time looking at. And it presents me more of that right? Because this is all an algorithm. It's trying to maximize my time spent there. But then what she says is 
when she used to commute to a certain job, she would listen to the radio because her car didn't have any kind of like aux or USB. So she would listen to the radio and there were maybe three or four stations she would go through and none of them played anything that she would ever hear on Spotify. And sometimes something would come on that was really like surprising and like truly mm. kind of mm-hmm. interesting in a way yeah. that, that surprises you. Right. You know, that like, that's the best music, right? Like when you listen to a song and it just kind of comes out of nowhere, yeah. it's always so exciting. And yeah. I, I think that's a really kind of um, just a, a great metaphor. Right. Cause I, I think that's, that's stuff certainly that I can relate to. And I think a lot of people could relate to that. What we're doing to ourselves by engaging with this stuff to the extent that we are is just sort of flattening us all out. It's taking away all of the little bits and pieces that are really interesting. All the stuff that's really human. This stuff is just like kind of slowly just tearing down those little bits and pieces. Um, yeah, and I, I don't. I, I don't know you, about the you. Use of that word flattening. That's yeah, a, that's a really good. That's a really good way of putting it. It's it's just taking away all of the all of the color and all of like the the beauty of what makes us human. Right, we're people. Yeah. We're people. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, hug your loved ones. Look out <laughs> the window. Fucking yeah. touch something. Do something connect with the or, or the do nothing or do nothing. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I would love it. I think it's a, I think it's a good book. If you want to check it out, I would recommend it. I'd be happy to lend you my copy. Hey, there we go. Uh, book brigade. Get at us. If you want Matt's copy of this book. Um, and yeah, we should, I already have a copy too. So we could, oh. I'll read the book next time. Maybe we yeah. should, next time we do this, we should like both read the book. <laughs> yeah. How did this, as we come to the end, you know, leave us a comment. How did this work yeah. with us not reading the book that the yeah. other person read? <laughs> <laughs> but kind of knowing the gist of it. That yeah. was, you know, yeah. when I first brought this up, it was like, well, should we, I guess I would have to read your book if we did this. No, yeah. we, we just kind of, we gave this a shot let us know how it it was yeah get at us book brigade um well and on that note we we are the book buddies we're here every day breaking down books for you yep new pod tomorrow Um, new pod tomorrow (laughs) um uh yeah um matt anything to plug before we go our our separate ways um i i don't really think so you know subscribe to the hoops crew pod yeah yeah yeah. that's that's our other um our other podcast where we talk about basketball nba nba trade deadlines this week all-star game is coming up the things are heating up and keep i mean i think just keep an eye on the frank page we haven't put anything up there in a bit but i know we've we've talked about a few things and have some stuff cooking i know i i personally have uh been marinating a lot on the stuff we were talking about today and how to kind of do the stuff we've been talking about, how to reconnect with the, the real shit in your everyday life. So I don't yeah. know, maybe some of that will come around in the next few months. 
Yeah. Um, well, we will all keep an eye out for that. And uh, thank you so much, Book Brigade, for listening. Um, mm. You guys are great fans. You've been with us the whole time, and we just really appreciate your support. Ever since the um, beginning. Ever since the beginning. Um, I'm Frank. And I'm Matt. And we are Book Buddies. Book Buddies. Bye.